Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. Usually it seems the lectionary only has one story or one parable in the reading, but today we get two for the price of one. A story about healing a man on the Sabbath and a parable about a wedding feast. So we probably should first tackle why the passage chosen today didn't only include one of these. In fact, let me give you a bonus parable, the parable of the great banquet that follows immediately after our lectionary reading. He said to the man who has invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So now you really should be asking the question about why the healing and the wedding feast parable are put together. Why did those constructing the lectionary put what they did together? What does the healing have to do with the parable that follows? At first blush, it seems it would have been better to put the two parables about dinner together, wouldn't it? However, I think there's an important connection between the two stories that those who put the lectionary together do not want us to miss. In the healing story, Jesus says, which of you having a donkey or an ox would on the Sabbath not immediately pull him out? Well, here he's at the house of a prominent Pharisee who knows the law very well. And he's reminding them of something that's already commanded in Deuteronomy 22 and drawing them to a deeper understanding of the law. Because here Jesus is trying to say to them, you you were commanded to heal an ox on the Sabbath, so surely you would heal a person on the Sabbath. And indeed, Jesus goes on to heal this person of dropsy, which is a severe swelling from fluid buildup, a type of edema. So after the creation, God made us responsible for caring for creation, including the animals. And part of what Jesus says here, I believe, is that if you take that responsibility seriously enough to heal the animals on the Sabbath, then most certainly the Lord takes his responsibility as the lover of mankind to heal us on the Sabbath. And it's this that leads organically into a story about humbly taking the low place and being exalted. Much like the animal who's fallen into the well or the ditch has, ta- has been taken from a physically low place 
and is raised out, the sick person accepts their sickness as a low place beyond their control and in need of being healed. And Jesus does so, exalting them, bringing them out of their humble place to a place of exaltation. And this message continues to flow beyond the end of the lectionary reading as we saw. And I think it becomes easier and easier to see that Jesus is not only literally talking about taking the low place of the table, but about our spiritual life. Theosis is the process, the process by which we become free of sin, missing the mark, hamartia. And being united with God, beginning in this life and later consummated in the bodily resurrection, and is also salvation. St. Athanasius of Alexandria said, The Son of God became man, that we might become God, becoming by grace what God is by nature. Or as St. Peter says in his second letter, we have become partakers of divine nature. It is important to emphasize that we do not become God in essence. God is one, holy, and completely transcendent of all creation, including humankind. However, God fully united himself with mankind in Jesus, creating an intimacy with all humans that some Orthodox theologians argue is beyond what we shared with God in the Garden of Eden. There God walked with us, but now God walks in us. Jesus is the second or new Adam, while in some sense also being the first. Jesus is man as God created him, living freely in accordance with God's will and thereby free of hamartia, pure and holy. When Adam and Eve fell, their nature and our nature changed. In our fallen nature, we became slaves to sin and death. Christ is truly by nature everything that created man is. Yet Christ is not fallen man. He was not subject to sin and death. And yet, by grace, Jesus became sin for us and humbled himself by becoming freely obedient to death, even death on a cross. To become everything we are in our fallen nature, that we could, as St. Athanasius said, become God. When we humbly accept our fallen nature, as Jesus himself did, in a way that none of us could possibly do, him being God, then we accept our seat at the lowest place. And Jesus says to us, friend, move up to a better place. Join us at the head table. Share in the Holy Trinity's abundant life. See that God has invited to his banquet the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's you and me. Certainly not even his friends, but in fact his enemies, by our continued free indulgence in sin. Who are we to reject his invitation? What silly excuses are we making? It's easy for me to stop making excuses, but I know how hard it is. And nevertheless, let me urge you and myself again and again to accept the invitation and join the feast. That's why it's important that you're here. Woody Allen, the noted theologian, said showing up is 80% of life, upon which he follows. Sometimes it's easier to hide in ha at home in bed. I've done both. And I'm sure quite often on Sunday morning you feel like hiding at home in bed, preferring not to face God. But our regular participation in the services of the church, being a part of our community, taking regularly of the sacraments, particularly the very body and blood of Christ, are necessary, necessary if we're going to succeed in the process, the process of becoming free from missing the mark. 
We have to face Jesus every week, indeed every day, and take the humble, low place by admitting we are the prodigal child, that we are chief among sinners, as St. Paul did. And then Jesus can say to us, friend, move up to a better place. We must make actual our reconciliation and participation in the divine life by our continued struggle to reflect in ourselves Jesus, who is the icon of God. We must likewise become icons, images of God. As I've said before, the only way to be an atheist is to never have met a saint, because in meeting a saint, you have met God. So I'm here to encourage you, and indeed myself too again, to work hard at conforming ourselves more and more to Jesus. Remember that it's a process, a process that we believe takes longer than just this life, but one which we must, in this life, align our entire being with. For without the struggle, as we heard in our reading today, there is no real faith. Faith leads to actions, to works, without which faith is dead. But we're not alone. For the penitent, that is the humble person, we know God has already united himself with us. He walks in us. All we have to do is quit fighting him, and to do so we must be repentant. Pride is often called the mother of all sins, because it leads us to believe that we have not done anything wrong, and that we are better than we are. It leads us to a great deal of indifference about sin. It's much easier to sin when you can shrug your shoulders at it. And the normalization of sin, or the even lauding of sin, is a deep poison in our supposedly progressive modern society. St. John Chrysostom says, be ashamed when you sin. Don't be ashamed when you repent. Sin is the wound. Repentance is the medicine. Sin is followed by shame. Repentance is followed by boldness. Satan has overturned this order and given boldness to sin and shame to repentance. We must be bold in repentance. That is, we have to show up at the Father's feet as the prodigal son. As St. John Chrysostom says, Satan has fooled us into being ashamed of repentance instead of being ashamed of our sin. Repentance is not simply being sorrowful. It's changing our direction, aligning ourselves with God. So I'll bring us to a close with these words of comfort and exhortation also from St. John Chrysostom. Since it is likely that, being men, they would sin every day, St. Paul consoles his hearers by saying, renew yourselves from day to day. This is what we do with houses. We keep constantly repairing them as they wear old. You should do the same thing to yourself. Have you sinned today? Have you made your soul old? Do not despair. Do not despond, but renew your soul by repentance and tears and confession and by doing good things, and never cease doing this. Take up your cross, your sins, every day, and bear them humbly as Christ did. Take them up, and through repentance and humility, transform them into life, just as our Lord did. Listen to your calling to be a saint, and become one by being thankful, fasting some from all the blessings we receive, forgiving easily, loving all, and praying always. Transform every action of your life into a prayer to our God. Begin today. Sit in the lowest place of humble repentance and accept God's invitation to come to the head of the table. 
May God, in his unity with us, grant us ever more abundant grace to do so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and Reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.